Where is God? On the day of Pentecost, as I explained to the children, they saw the Holy Spirit. But where is God? Because life is lousy a lot of the time. Good people die early. We hear about school shootings. We hear about young women going missing. We hear about families being torn apart because of addictions or abuse. We hear of failed marriages. We hear about stress at work, at school, at home. We don't necessarily all just hear about this stuff, but we feel it ourselves. We have family members who are in trouble or in distress or are sick. And that's without even getting into the multitude of issues and problems around the globe. Where is God in this life? What is God doing? How can I believe in a God who lets people die young and lets other people get away with murder and genocide? How can I believe in a God who sits back and watches people die of HIV AIDS? And it's only because they were born with it. How can I believe in God who lets my life get so out of control sometimes? What is God doing? This is the Holy Spirit question. Anytime we start asking, what is God doing in the world or in our lives, we are asking, what is the Holy Spirit doing? The Holy Spirit is God's active presence in the world. The Holy Spirit is who makes Jesus real to us. So when we say something like, I've met Jesus, or I have Jesus in my heart, or uh, I'm experiencing Jesus in some way, that's the Holy Spirit doing that. The Holy Spirit is also the one who guides us to know our creator and guides us into all truth. But if you believe there is a God and you believe that God is good, then you have to be asking, why doesn't the Holy Spirit show up and do something about all the mess? Like in the Bible. The Holy Spirit showed up and did something. Now, I'm here to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit is showing up but we're going to come to that in just a minute. Because I think before we get to that, we need to know that the Holy Spirit is unpredictable. Uh, Last year, I wrote a a short little article and and put it on our website. If you don't know, Prairie Presbyterian Church has a website. And it was just called The Beginning of Prairie Presbyterian Church. There's actually copies of it on a yellow sheet. When we had our anniversary, I printed uh, printed them off and meant to tell people that that it was there and forgot. 
Um, but, uh, but there it is, it's on the yellow sheet at the back if you want a copy, or you can look on our website, you can still find it there. And this is how uh, that little article starts off. It says this, no one planned this from the outset. Yes, there were a lot of meetings and a lot of prayer to get to the point of Prairie Presbyterian Church being formed through the amalgamation of Trinity Presbyterian Church and St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. But nobody sat down two years prior and mapped this out, except maybe God. Really, would anyone from St. Andrew's have predicted their journey to where we are today? Would they? I see a couple of people shaking their hands. Would the people of Trinity three years ago have said, yeah, this is what we're going to do? No. Will people five years from now or ten years from now look back with wonder at what the Holy Spirit has done? I think so. If we go back to October 2012, in that month there was... Uh, the Presbytery of Winnipeg had a visioning day, and I tend to believe that not much comes out of Presbytery visioning days. Um, but at that day, it was decided that Presbyterian congregations that are in close geographical proximity ought to discuss ways that they might work together. And that made Trinity and St. Andrews talk to one another. That was the Holy Spirit at work. Through, of all things, the Presbytery of Winnipeg. The following month, so the very next month, November 2012, two things happened amongst the leadership at Trinity, which I'm a lot more familiar with as, as part of that. That leadership affirmed that God was directing them to work toward building in the southwest of Winnipeg. And at, in the same month, an opportunity to support the development of a new Arabic language church was put before them, and they decided to explore that opportunity. And that's now Lighthouse Evangelical Arabic Church, our partner, who meets in this space on Sunday afternoons. Just look where we are now. I mean, even just look at, at Lighthouse Church. We can talk all we want about our own church, but look at Lighthouse Church. They are growing. They had a, a youth retreat last weekend, and I saw pictures of it. It looked like they had about 20 youth at their youth retreat. They are about a year and a half old. I mean, that's fantastic. But look where we are. There's building plans on the walls out there. We can now say we have around $550,000 committed to the building project, and we're in the process of applying for grant money. We have a long way to go, but imagine where you were five years ago, and imagine where we might be in five years. Or imagine even just a year from now where you're going to look back on what God has done. It's all the work of the Spirit, and it's not predictable. So I can't tell you here today, here's where, it's, where we're going to be in a year, here's where we're going to be in five years, because probably that's not where we're going to be. The Holy Spirit's unpredictable. But he's also trustworthy. Last week we heard what Jesus told his disciples right before he went up to heaven. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus was responding to their question. When 
will you restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, no matter how you frame the disciples' question, they are essentially asking this. Jesus, when are you going to fix things? When are you going to do something to set things right? Right? When is your kingdom going to come? What we pray for in the Lord's Prayer. That's basically what they're asking. And Jesus tells them, just you wait. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you are going to go out and be my witnesses. That's actually a really weird response from Jesus, and he's known for some weird responses. Because really, how is this going to fix anything? Jesus isn't saying, well, wait, when the Holy Spirit comes, then my kingdom's here. He's not saying that. He's saying, wait, the Holy Spirit will come and you will be my witnesses. How is this going to put things right? But then look what happens. On Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon a relatively small group of people. The scripture tells us that there was something like tongues of fire that rested upon them. And they all started speaking in different languages that even they did not understand. I'm sure a week before the disciples were planning that out. No. Totally unpredictable. But isn't this what we're talking about, right? It's it's fine to talk about God organizing church things, but why doesn't God do something dramatic and obvious, like on the day of Pentecost, something that would make everyone pay attention? Maybe we don't want exactly that, exactly what happened on Pentecost. I, I think we might all freak out a little bit if we all had tongues of fire descending we all started, started speaking in different languages. We maybe don't want that exact thing, but at least some evidence or some sign that God is going to do something to clean up the mess of the world that we're in. Church amalgamations and buildings and partnerships, that's all okay, but what about the hurt and sorrow in our world? Doesn't God care about that? At the very least, we could do with seeing and experiencing God, knowing that the Spirit is really there and is going to do something, because that's what the disciples got, right? They heard and saw and experienced God. They knew God was there. There was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. There was fire. They knew for sure that God was active. They knew the Holy Spirit was with them. But let's consider what the Holy Spirit actually did on Pentecost and how it was perceived by those outside the inner circle of followers. Once the Holy Spirit came to the inner circle... And they started speaking in different languages. It was heard by Jews who were worshiping in Jerusalem at the time, right? Pentecost is actually a Jewish festival where people from all over came to Jerusalem to worship. Um, For all of them, it was actually the first opportunity uh, for a number of Jews to hear about uh, Jesus' resurrection. Because they might have been in town uh, when he was crucified uh, because it was right around Passover, okay? This is the next Jewish festival where they're back in town. So the people are there, and they hear the inner circle declaring the wonders of God, is what the the text tells us, in their own languages. So not in Hebrew or Aramaic or in Greek, but in all kinds, well, Greek as well, but in, in all kinds of other languages, right? And some 
understood this as the Holy Spirit working. But what did others think? That they're drunk, right? Notice that even though to us, reading the text, it's obvious that the Holy Spirit is doing this mighty activity. It's, it's this thing that's going to change history. But to a bunch of people who were right there, they had no idea that this had anything to do with God. And so we can take something from this that we need to remember is that the work of the Spirit was not immediately obvious to everyone. And that is still the way it is. Unpredictable, but not immediately obvious to everybody. The story of Pentecost is also actually less about the Spirit coming in the form of wind and fire and much more about the message that is proclaimed that day. The Spirit enables a message to be proclaimed in such a way that people come to listen to it and begin to understand it. Peter, guided by the Spirit, uses the opportunity of the gathering of people to tell them about Jesus. Peter preaches a sermon about Jesus, and 3,000 people believed and were baptized, and a new form of community was created, the church. Jesus' body on earth. So what did the Holy Spirit do that day? Yes, there was the miraculous sign and wonder. But the result are the 3,000. The result is the forming of this new community, the church. So think about that. The situation is dire for these people, for many of them. They're under Roman oppression. Likely, many of them are living in situations of poverty. There's disease, there's sickness, and many of the same problems that we have today. And the Holy Spirit's solution, God's solution to this problem, is to make a few people speak in other languages? No, no that's not the solution. The solution is to form a new community. God's solution is to form a new community. And this is really important. The book of Acts uh, has a more official title. It's uh, titled The Acts of the Apostles. The Acts or the Activities of the First Inner Circle of Jesus' Followers. But I wonder if maybe it should be called The Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because this new community that was formed was powered not by the apostles, but by the activity of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost was just the beginning of the acts of the Holy Spirit, but just look at what happens in the rest of the book of Acts. As you go through that book, you find that people connect with God for the first time or in a new way. People start to share what they have with one another so that no one in their community goes without. People are healed of diseases and sicknesses. But they also do amazing things. They, they set up a, a social service for the widows and for the poor in Jerusalem. They realize as well that the message needs to go out beyond the Jewish world. And so what do they do? They, they go out and they set up new churches in the Gentile world so that these kinds of things, the poor and the widows can be taken care of, 
People can be healed. People can connect with God in a new way or for the first time. Those things can happen all over the place. And this all happened under intense persecution. Do you see God's strategy? Do you see the Holy Spirit's plan? It's still the same strategy that God has. We've just forgotten. And we've let the world win, telling us how it should be. See, the world actually is a lousy place a lot of the time. And so you know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit creates communities of people who will be powered by faith in Christ and the Holy Spirit, who will help people connect with God, who will strive to work for healing in all aspects of life, who will serve the widows and the poor of our world. How do we think God is going to solve the the HIV AIDS issues that we've got in our world, particularly, say, in sub-Saharan Africa? How is God going to solve that? By waving a magic wand and just making it all go away? No. The Holy Spirit will set up communities who will work hard to respond to the gospel and the need of the world. How do we think God is going to solve the problem of abuse, of marriages failing, of addictions? Is he just going to wave a magic wand and make it all go away? No, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will set up communities who will work hard to respond to the gospel and to the need of the world. Pentecost is really the celebration of the birth of the church. Because this is the Holy Spirit's primary activity. It's God's action plan to establish communities of people for the Holy Spirit to work through. That's how God does God's work, through his people, through the church. See, we have a great opportunity and a great hope because look at, just look at what the Holy Spirit's already done here. We have a new community forming. We have a partnership with an Arabic language church that's reaching new people. They're even supporting two families who've just arrived from Syria, escaping the civil war. We've committed to ourselves to building relationships with Winnipeg inner city missions. Some of us are going there today to drive and serve a meal. You can still come. Please talk to Carol. We, need, we actually need more people today. Um, But you may not know as well that one of our members at Prairie is on their board. Terry Bruno is on their board. We support Presbyterian World Service and Development. And one of our members is on their national committee. Aaron's on that national committee. I mean, not only, what I'm trying to say is not only just giving our money, but there's also connections within our congregation. This is great. The Holy Spirit at work. We collect food for Winnipeg Harvest. One of our, our young people, Emily, where's Emily? There's Emily. There she is. So there's Emily. Wave your hand again so everyone knows who you are. Um, Emily is uh, representing our denomination this summer at a conference in Hungary. Hungary? Right? And so we have the opportunity to support her in going, going to that conference and also visiting different mission sites that our denomination has in Eastern Europe. We have a group of young adults who are leading a worship night this week on Tuesday. You should all come. We had a group of people here at the church this past Wednesday sharing together. We were calling it the 60 plus group. They have now changed their name to YA, which stands for Young at Heart. (laughs) Which I think is great. And they decided at their meeting they're going to work toward 
providing school supplies to a neighborhood school uh, that's in need of extra supplies. So I'm telling you all this, but I'm actually just scratching the surface. There's way more going on. And yet all of this seems small. We have children screaming in the basement. I mean, isn't that great? This may seem small right now, right? But, but at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit started with just a few people speaking in different languages. And that pretty much changed the world. And you can go back even to Jesus. Jesus changed the world by handing his ministry over to 11 regular guys with regular jobs, fishermen, tax collectors. So what is God doing? Why doesn't the Holy Spirit show up and do something about the mess that the world is in? Well, the Holy Spirit has shown up and is showing up all the time, creating communities and powering us to carry out the mission of God. So let's do this together, but never forget that we're doing it alone. It's the Holy Spirit that is with us and in us to work on God's mission. Amen.